Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, greetings. It's your Bling to National Diva, Miss Bling. And it is Monday. Monday, it looks kind of gloomy today, but it's always shiny where I am because of everything around me blinging. So <laughs> just want to say hello to everybody and welcome to Bling Radio. And today we have part two to an interview with such an amazing, amazing woman in media. Her name is Tanisha Laverne Grant. Tanisha, are you there? I am there. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you hear me? Hey, honey. How are you? I'm good. A little better than I was last week. I'm finally starting to get some voice back, some weight and texture, you know, to my yeah. tone. So happy about that. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. That makes two of us. I, I feel a whole lot better. Um, I woke. I, I wasn't waking up sounding like my name was Tom every morning. Oh, um, <laughs> I know the feeling. Trust me. I'm like, you know what? Yes. Let me just have a little bit of tea with some cinnamon sticks, a little bit of honey. But um, unlike yourself, you know, the weather here in Los Angeles is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Really? It's sunny. It's, yeah, it's amazing. past couple of days we've had, like, beach weather to die for. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to toss a little sunshine your way. You see it? Thank you. Catch it. <laughs> Got it. Got it. I look, I opened my hands and I, I caught it. I caught it. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we we covered we covered a whole lot, but... I could say not enough because when you are talking to women in media, it's so much that yeah. we haven't had a chance to say that we're able to release in an in interview or two or three, you know? Right. Correct. So uh, let's just recap and and kind of pick up where we left off. I know I was saying um, – I was talking about being a woman in media, and we were talking, oh, it was that question that I needed to ask you, and we can knock that out now, and then we can finish the interview. So okay. I always ask all of my guests to um, name something that they could think of that they would want me to bling out for them, and I bling everything like I mean, there's not a place in my house I could turn where it's not anything with crystals on it. So when the wow. sun does shine, <laughs> when the sun does shine, it reflects. You have your bling bling? Yes. yes. Well, yes. I think what I would love for you to bling for me would be um, my brand-new mic flag that should be coming any day now. So. Ooh. Yeah, you know how you have to have, for those who don't know, a mic flag is that little square case that you see news reporters have on their microphone. They have the microphone, right. of course, which is black, and it has the bulb, you know, the mic bulb. And then there's a square case around it that says ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, right. Brown Girl Media, HLN, Access Hollywood. Um, I'm not going to reveal what my mic flag will be named as of yet, but I okay. will send you my mic flag to bling out so that I can be blinged, you know, on oh the Hollywood Red out here. 
Yes, that will be so awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So thank so you. My flag. My flag it is, girl. Let's get it. I'm ready when you are. So we'll discuss that later. We got that out the way. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So basically, everything started when you um, had your first internship at NBC on Channel 10 in Philly. Well, actually, it started before then. Um, when I was okay. in high school, you know, my parents encouraged me, along with some friends of mine, uh, to participate in the KYW News Studies program. Uh, okay. KYW is, of course, a radio station in Philadelphia. It's KYW Radio plus CBS uh, News. So okay. I was a, I was a teenager. I was 16 years old, and you know, pretty much all my entire life, you know, I've always uh, wanted to talk and found myself speaking and butting into people's conversation and offering my <laughs> uh, two cents and my opinion. Um, and I remember my father would always have me and my sister uh, watch the news with him um, and dismantle, okay. you know things and ideas that we thought, you know, weren't true. So uh, my love for information and and, and uh, knowledge um, is just something that is in me, you know, and thank yeah. God that I had parents um, that wanted to nurture that and cultivate that within me. So, you know, I started writing very young. I entered writing contests. Um, you know, I always read above grade level, and my parents, you know, were definitely proud of that, of course, and, you know, I won writing contests, I was on the bait teams, I was in Toastmasters, you know, and we're talking all on the elementary grade level. You know, I haven't even, at that point, even really entered into, like, junior high school, and then I was, you know, involved in, you know, um, the National Junior Honor Society. Academics was very big uh, in my household, so I started very young you know, with a search okay. for words, and that's just the magic of putting together wow. well-constructed sentences. Yeah, and, you know, just having people, um, and this is like the ego kicking in, but just having people just hang on, you know, everything that I'm saying or discussing. I'm like, wow, I kind of like this. <laughs> you know, so um, that's where it started for me. You know, so, you wow. know, moving into like my high school years, you know, and becoming, you know, active on the school newspaper and debate teams, like I was saying, um, my parents were like, you know what, KYW has a news studies program. Let's hop to it. So every weekend I would catch the train from Chester, Pennsylvania, where I was living with my parents at the time, um, with my dad. And um, every weekend I would take the train from Chester over town, you know, by myself. My father would give me spending money and my train fare. And I felt like okay. a full-grown woman, you know, carrying them out, carrying out my responsibilities, um, being accountable for my dream very early on, you know, and getting that train from Chester to Philadelphia to KYW, and I would spend the whole day there, and I would come back just so full of energy and excitement and just, um, you know, this insatiable thirst for what it is that I wanted to do with my life. Yeah, so it started very early right. for me. Yeah. Wow. See, we didn't discuss that before, but you know what? I'm shaking my head as you're as you're as you're saying this because that's where it starts. It starts 
in the youth and it really starts at home, but it it's just up to us to be able to birth it and in our families to birth it and help bring this out of us because that was me at a, as a kid, you know, um, watching the news with my mom and I was a BET head. I, I stayed in the house and watched TV. I'm to a point where I don't even really like to watch TV now, but I I was always in TV and uh, the Spelling Bee Queen and I I was in the um, the Young Authors um, Society and writing. I was writing in like sixth grade. So it's, it's, oh, well, it's yeah. crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it typically starts, like you said, it starts in youth and it's up to parents um, to really recognize it. And if you don't feel like you have the resources for your child, then you have to find the resources. You know, um, you know, growing up in Chester, Pennsylvania, there were things that were not always at the ready. Uh, But my parents did whatever they thought was necessary to make sure, you know, my sister and my brother had the same opportunities. And if that meant traveling and leaving Chester, then that's what we had to do. You know, that is what was necessary. You know, amazing. um, Yeah, and that's true for a lot of people who come from small towns. Um, you know, be it Chester, be it a small town in Pittsburgh or, you know, somewhere in Virginia or West Virginia, you know, um, you know, what Chester experiences on a regular basis um, is not just specific to Chester. Uh, there are small towns the world over, the globe over, where people have to find resources to be able to compete, you know, in a fast-paced world that we live in, Um and that and that's yeah. just how it is. And you have to accept that and then you have to find um vehicles to navigate yourself right. accordingly. You know, right. it's just that simple for me. Yeah. So Okay. Great, great. And then um I know you you've covered a lot of events, um, doing red carpet. So I'm gonna get a little bit into that. Let's talk about the I guess we could talk about the recent events that you've covered, and okay. then name name maybe five of your favorite events that you covered throughout your career. If you you know, wow, five. I know, right? Most <laughs> okay. Most recently, I mean, not even a month ago, I was fortunate enough and blessed enough. Uh, to cover the Oscars, which was really fantastic. Um, and what a lot of people don't understand is there's a credentialing process. I am an independent, mm-hmm. freelance, media personality, journalist, uh, whatever you're comfortable with um, calling me these days. And so mm-hmm. it's months in advance that you start the credentialing process. Um, right. For the Oscars, uh, I believe I first applied maybe September, you okay. know, and then you, you know, and then um, you get cleared on one level, and then you have to wait to get clearance for a second level. I mean, there's all these right uh, tiers of clearances, and so one by one, I'm waiting for them to come down, and finally, um, I was told that I would be able to cover all things Oscar week. Leading up to the Oscars, I would have access to the red carpet, um, you know, the whole putting together of the red carpet and watching, you know, the statues come in and attending certain private events. 
um, for different screenings, and it was really great. Um, I felt like I can put a feather in my cap because I traditionally traditionally would cover African-American events, which is great, which is fantastic because um, that's how I eat and that is my audience. But it's also great as I move to, you know, opening up my canon um, with more mainstream events. And there was no better way to do it than to start uh, 2015 off with the 87th Academy Awards with um, Selma uh, being nominated for, of course, Best Song and was John Legend winning and Common winning. So that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, and then a couple of weeks prior to that, you know, I had the opportunity to cover the African-American Film Critics Awards. which is held in Hollywood, and it's uh, sponsored, of course, by the African-American Film Critics Association. Um, It's in its sixth year, and there I had the opportunity to interview um, for the second time actor David Oyelowo um, from London by way of Nigeria, who portrayed so elegantly uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So it was really fantastic uh, to just have an opportunity to have a conversation with him, to be in full dialogue. I mean, we're in the same age group, um, you know, and so we're experiencing this shift together where more and more opportunities are available for uh, people of color, brown skin, you know, um, and television and film and Hollywood. Um, I also had an opportunity to speak with Deborah Martin Chase, uh, who is an amazing trailblazer and pioneer in television and film. And if you Google her, go on IMDb, Deborah Martin Chase, um, you know, she was behind Sparkle. She has been behind Princess Diaries, and she is definitely, you know, a strong and vital force in Hollywood, Um, definitely one to continue watching. You know, and so, I mean, the list just goes on. I've had the opportunity to cover the NAACP Image Awards, for the second year in a row. Um, Great. And, again, it's all about getting those those credentials and, you know, getting that right. form. It, it, they're available online. Right. Do your homework. You know, and exactly. so. Yeah, because I'm not in a place right now where I can work for Access Hollywood and E or a really big name outlet. You know, I'm having the time of my life, and I am really learning. Um, you know, just the major aspects of what it takes. And it's kind of great to be a one-man band of sorts um, because I have to depend, you know, what I eat is what I catch. You know, so it's me to make sure, you know, my forms are in and they're on time and they're filled out and they're thorough and they're accurate, Um, you know, because it all matters. You know, so to have the opportunity to work with different PR firms, major PR firms, you know, like Lippin Group, you know, who's behind the NAACP Image Awards. Um, And they're behind other large-scale events that happen not only in Los Angeles, but in New York and the globe over. And so I'm really, really um, careful about my relationships. You know, I safeguard them like a precious thing. And I don't let anything or anyone run interference with the relationships that I've been cultivating for the past 20 years or so. I'm working in this business, you know, starting out from KYW, you know, from moving into NBC as an intern, 
to Fox WTXF in Philadelphia as an intern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, relationships, 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 you know, are everything. You know, follow up, yeah. follow through. It's a big deal. You know, so when I think about, you know, some of the events that I've had the opportunity to cover, um, one of the first ones is Urban World Film Festival uh, in New York City. Okay. Uh, I used to come to Urban World from Philadelphia in the 90s, um, wow. you know, when it was in its infancy. And Stacy would just kind of like flag me and kind of let me go in. I wouldn't have a pass because I had no money to buy one. You know, so I was volunteering. And then fast forward, you know, years later, now I'm on the red carpet interviewing. um, And one of the most wonderful icons that I've had a chance to interview is uh, Melvin Van Peebles. You know, Melvin Van Van Peebles is a legend. Uh, In 1951, I wasn't born, and I know you aren't. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he had a film called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, had very little resources, uh, and somehow raised $500,000 to get Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, you know, up and running. I mean, it was outside of the Hollywood studio apparatus, um, which at that time was pretty much, it was unheard of, you know, for a black film to get, you know, shot, written, produced. you know, and viewed by the African-American audience single-handedly by the efforts of a black director. And that movie went on to gross more than $10 million in 1971. Um, And that was solely because of the black audience, you know. And, of course, you know, Hollywood back then was just like, oh, okay, there is um, a black audience, you know. So let's let's cash in on that, you know. And right. Next thing you know, there's black exploitation films, as people like to call them. But Melvin Van Peebles is definitely he's a, he's a revolutionary. You know, um, he's an icon, and it was really great for me to have the opportunity to um, you know to interview him and to speak with him very candidly, you know, about his journey and when he was. Um, shooting Sweet Feedback's Badass Song. You know, he was ill. He was losing his sight. um, But he was tenacious enough, you know, to see his vision through with the support, you know, of black Hollywood at the time. You know, and fast forward, it doesn't really seem much has changed, right? I mean, you have, you know, Spike Lee, who had to do the same thing for Malcolm X. um, And then Carl Slack a couple of years ago for having um, a Kickstarter for... The Sweet Blood of Jesus, which just came out in theaters, I believe, around Valentine's Day, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so right. to, so to have the opportunity to um, to interview Melvin Van Peebles on my own terms, you know, because that's that's one great thing about not working for NBC, ABC, Access Hollywood. You know, I can call yeah. my own shot. You know, Love I can determine. It. Yeah, what questions uh, that I want to ask and not get censored in in any way whatsoever. So I am definitely taking advantage, taking advantage of that. You know, and then there's always um, young actors. You know, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, some of the actors from Blackish just recently uh, at the NAACP Image Awards. So, you know, Yara Shahidi, 
um, who has aspirations of moving on and, you know, graduating from Yale. You know, she's looking beyond, you know, her Hollywood experience, you know, and so it speaks to the idea, you know, that you have to have a portfolio of experiences coming in. You You have to have a portfolio, you know, of revenue coming in. Um, but she's concentrating, you know, right now on her acting opportunities with Blackish, but looking down the line, you know, to further her education and use that Blackish money to, um, to, you know, attend an Ivy League university, and that's a pretty big deal. It is. So, yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, when I think about, you know, the award shows that I've covered, you know, the Oscars, and the African American Film Critics Awards and the NAACP Image Awards. And then, you know, last summer in June, I had the opportunity to cover the Tonys, you know, and be a witness to Arsano breaking the record. I mean, she's a young African American woman who holds the most Tonys. How amazing is that? You know, and so for me to be a front row, um, that was a pretty big deal moment for me. It was a big deal uh, to sit front row and watch Norm Lewis, you know, take the stage for the first time as the first African-American phantom on Broadway. Not the first phantom, because, of course, I believe that goes to Ben Vereen, but um, yeah. to be the first African-American phantom on Broadway, Norm Lewis. Um, and to be a part of that uh, is a really, really big deal for me. Everything is a big deal for me. You know, I'm one of those who's just getting up, you know, every morning and just having God just tap on me and say, you're here again, kid, you know, is a big deal. (laughs) You have, yeah, you have an opportunity to um, make some adjustments and take some notes and go at it again, you know, and there's nothing more, 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 more beautiful than that. I think people need to be really current and really present in their lives and me you know, um, coming of age and growing up in the city of Chester where, um, you know, a lot of people like to say um, or treat Chester as if it is some sort of judgment or lean against you. I never, those ideas never even entered my mind. I never thought that because, you know, I was born in this place at this particular time meant that I was less than or less fortunate because that just isn't, um, how my parents indoctrinated me in the least, you know. So I say yeah. to anyone, um, you know, where you were born or where you were from, you know, has in no way, um, you know, will stifle you from living your dream, from being great. You have to go out into this world and know that you are an unrepeatable event. There is only one you, and we need you to go out here and, and, and rock it. You know what I mean? Yes. But you have to understand that, you know, there's work to be yes. done. Nothing nothing comes easy. You know, when I was a yes. um, little girl, I stuttered. You know, I could barely speak a full sentence without stuttering. You know, but wow. I also need. That I had this dream of working in television and working in film. So I'm like, wow, how am I going to do this when I could barely speak without stuttering? You know, but my parents put that, you know, they worked second jobs. They did whatever was necessary, you know, to get me a speech therapist. You know, and so there you have it. 
you know, using their resources. They're like, oh, no, my baby wants to use her voice, you know, to be a catalyst for change. You know, how are we going to do it? You know, so they found a way. Wow. And they, you know, and I'm grateful for it. Yes, yes, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, God is good all the time. Yes. You know, definitely. Right. If you believe that God is amazing, you will have an amazing life. You know, if you believe that God is angry, and this is just my philosophy not to be quoted, you know, or for people to go out into the world and be like, well, this is, you know, how it is. This is just my idea, my philosophy, and my philosophy is, you know, if you believe that God is beautiful and he's awesome and he's amazing and he's sweet and he's sugary and he's all these amazing things, and that is what your life will be. But if you believe yes. that God is and he is evil and he is nasty, you know, then that is what your life will be, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, yeah, and I serve a God who is so full of joy, you know, and wants to bless us, you know, and so that yes. is the philosophy uh, that I choose to adapt, that I choose to live by, you know. Great. So, that's my dream. <laughs> that's how I yes, dream. Honey. <laughs> Yes, and that's the best way to be. It's it's the best way to be because some people don't believe that he's awesome and he's all these amazing things that you and I both believe. So they'll come and say, "Oh, my life is horrible." Well, where's your faith? Where's your where's your love for God? Oh, I don't have that. Uh, and in media, that's all you have is faith. You know, that I mean yes. that is it. That is I mean because this industry is so fickle. You know, and you it just is. don't know um what's gonna happen from one day to the next. Uh I know sometimes I'm out on the red carpet and I'm preparing to interview, you know, one particular person and the publicist is like, No, or my time is cut. You know, so um the very fact that I'm able to leave each carpet, you know, with interviews from A listers and up and comers with solid sound bites, um, you know, is nothing but my faith, of course, you know, meeting my uh, preparedness. But at the same time, you know, every everything is about faith, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, working in radio, TV, and film, be it doctor, lawyer, whatever it is, life is about exercising your faith muscle. It's about strengthening your faith muscle. Um, and you will be challenged. You will be yeah. challenged because... I will say, you know, it is about me. You know, and yes. I know sometimes people, you know, they come into this industry for the wrong reasons out of out of vanity. Um, and your life's work is so much bigger than you. You know, your success is so much bigger than you. You know, the choices you make, you know, is a reflection of generations gone by and generations to come. You right. know, so... Yeah, you know, my being able, you know, to grow up in a small town outside of Philadelphia in Chester, Pennsylvania, you know, and have a a grandmother, uh, Rose Hawkins, may she rest in peace, who had aspirations to become a screenwriter. Um, And for her, you know, being able to access an Oscar Awards or NAACP Image Awards show or an African-American Film Critics Award show, or to meet Oprah Winfrey is something that she could not have even imagined for herself. So as 
as her granddaughter, you know what I mean, as her youngest daughter's daughter, um, it's just not about me. You know what I mean? Right. This is also for my grandmother. This is also for people who will come after me. It's so much bigger than just, oh, Tanisha Laverne Grant, I'm on the red carpet and, you know, look at me in this beautiful dress. Somebody would be, as the kids say, girl, bye. Girl, sit down. You know, it's so much bigger. Yeah, it's just, it's so much bigger um, than that. Your dreams and goals are the result of people who have taken the time to invest in you, to show you, to teach you. Um, you know, I can remember being in the 12th grade and having my 12th grade teacher, Irma Mason, give an assignment um, where she wanted the students to choose someone in black history and you had the option to either write about this person or do a performance piece. And I immediately said to myself, well, you know what, I'm going to do a performance piece. And um, I decided that I would portray Sojourner Truth and Die a Woman speech. You know, so, of course, um, the assignment wasn't due for, like, another two weeks or a month. Um, But because my dad is who he is, all my assignments were done at the end of the week, like I was a college student on a syllabus program. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah. So um, I was ready to go. I was ready to go. And um, I remember when the time came, I came and I performed. Um, The next thing you know, I mean, the, the class was their jaws dropped. Um, But I was validated in that moment, you know, to come to 12th grade, my ethnic studies class, you know, in front of Irma Mason, in front of my classmates, and do that piece, you know, and have my classmates, you know, just kind of like, wow. You know, as a 17-year-old young woman, I was validated in that moment. You know, Irma Mason, as an educator, Mm. she gave me something um, to take with me out in the world. You know, I can square my shoulders and stick my chest out because this is something that I know I am exceptional at doing, communicating. I am an orator. That is my gift, um, and that is how I'm going to navigate myself in the world. You know, communication is a vigorous agent for social and phenomenal change, and I learned yes. that that day. You know, there are many, many ways to com- to communicate, to get your message out, you know, and so yes. uh, telling stories you know, be it through print, be it through an interview style, be it through acting, uh, is my way of communicating, you know. And so it's all about education. I think I kind of went off message for a second, but, you know, it's all about education. It's all about, you know, having people invest in you. And that's the point that I was saying, like, you know, your gifts and your dreams and your aspirations, your visions, your platform uh, is so much bigger than you, because you never know who's listening, you never right. know who's watching, and you yes. never know who's really, really paying close attention, and your life is about service. You know, Marion Wright Edelman said it best, you know, service is the rent we pay for excellence. You know, Marion Wright Edelman said it best, you cannot be what you do not see. You know, so right. animation, you know, she showed me something that day. You know, and I've carried it, and I've been out of school a long time, you know, but that (laughs) moment um, is something that I take with me, you know, and so you have to have 
um, people, and you have to understand um, that it's, it just isn't about you. You know, so just going back to, you know, you know, my grandmother who had dreams, you know, and aspirations um, of becoming a screenwriter, not even knowing where to begin with that. Or if, I mean, it was this almost like, you know, did she have permission? You know, and I was yeah. so great to come along at a time where, you know, I was taught that I didn't need permission to be wonderful, to be black, to be great, to be exceptional, to be a woman, to go for my dream. I didn't need permission to do that, you know, because our parents and our grandparents, you know, they fought so that we didn't have to ask permission, you know, to be our best selves, you know. And this is really making to sound like a sermon over here. (laughs) It feels like, girl, it's okay. I'm just throwing my hands up. I ain't even said that. I'm just throwing my hands up like, yes, yes. Yes, girl. Girl, we did it again. It, it's it's no, so funny. <laughs> okay, we did it again, child. It's it's just wow. so much. You have to come back often and just share and and inspire oh, wow. and encourage because this is it's it's important for people to be able to voice their um opinions to. You know, it's it's important to young women, young women who want to be in media, who don't know what to do, and we're their outlet. Um, I'm actually doing a speaking engagement in Chicago in May, where we're going to be talking to high school students and um, encouraging them to apply for broadcasting school when they when they graduate, because it's it's they didn't have a program like that for me. I I didn't know about it, you know, if it was. I didn't know about a program like that. Um, They don't have that in school. So um, I I actually want to be able to go to school and do some workshops at least so that I can move around the country and do it to show women uh, or young ladies. And listen, if I could assist in any capacity, please let me know. Please let me know. Let me know. I would definitely love to come on board. Wow. Oh, great. That'll be awesome. Okay, and it's something I've been thinking about doing, and it's just like, you know, there's, there's no more time to think about it. It's just time to do it. It's, right. It's time to do okay. it. Yes, there's no like the present. Wow. So, you know, it's, well, always right. amazing. Uh, it's always amazing, you know, to chat, you know, about the journey and to inspire and encourage because that's what it's about. We're a collective effort. So thank you so much for having me on your show. You're welcome. Thank you for coming and and sharing your life with the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So um, so next time, right? Yes. Before we go, just let everybody know where they can reach you. Okay. You can reach me. Well, I'm on Instagram, of course, at Tanisha Laverne Grant, T-A-N-I-S-H-A. L A V E R N E G R A N T uh, at Tanisha Laverne Grant. You can follow me on Twitter at at Tanisha T A N I S H A underscore Grant. And my work is found on BlackInAmerica.com or HBCUConnect.com um, mainly. Uh, it's an interactive one uh, website or it's an interactive one site. Um, that really caters to African Americans. We have like a billion 
uh, hits. Uh, interactive one is is the sweet site. So again, Great. you know, blackandamerica.com, hbcuconnect.com, blackwomenconnect.com, blackhistory.com uh, is where you can always find my work. So, um, and okay. hit me up on Instagram. Oh, and also I'm on Facebook, Tanisha Laverne Grant as well. I use my full government name. I have the same initials as my father. So, um, you know, I like to use my full name, Daddy's Girl, all the way through the bone. And I said, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you oh. soon. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful week, my love. You too. Okay, bye-bye now. Okay, bye-bye. All right, that was Tanisha Laverne Grant, and it was such a pleasure to have her on the show. You know, the show is 30 minutes, and it looks like I'm going to need to upgrade because I don't like to have to cut the interview short. Um, we did have, we do have up to 45 minutes, but it's 30 minutes live, so if you're still listening, um, that's the reason why you're still here, because you're either holding on the line or you um, are subscribed, so you're able to hear the rest of the show. Make sure you tune in. Um, tomorrow we will be, it's Bling Institute Day, okay? So I'm cooking up some great, some greatness for the rest of the week. We have Tina Wheeler of the Beautiful Campaign. We have Christina Clark. She has the agency um, with, she has a DJ firm. And um, who else do we have? I don't have it in front of me, but I know we got a week full of interviews. So make sure you tune in, same time, same place. Not tomorrow because it's Bling Institute Day, but Wednesday through Friday, I will be on 5.30 Central Standard Time, okay? And you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook. We, we're using the Facebook page now again. And the Twitter page, everything is at Bling Radio Show. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Bling Radio Show. And my main Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Miss Bling, M-I-S-S Bling 1. And I thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to be a guest on the show, go ahead and email me, blingradioshow at gmail.com. I love you, and I will talk to you soon. Bliggy love, I'm out.